welcome to page eight. Thanks so much for being with us here today. I'm your host, Casey Bear, and today we have a really special guest with us, head soccer coach, Karen Hoppe. Thank you so much, Coach Hoppe, for coming on today. We're so happy to have you here today. And I just want to say, first of all, congratulations on a great season you guys have had so far. Thanks, Casey. Appreciate it. I'm excited to be on the on the podcast. And yeah, so far so good on the season. And and Friday, we start a whole new season. Yeah, and I kind of want to talk about Friday as well. Um, it's an SEC matchup, Mizzou. So what are you looking for when you're going into this game? Well, it's uh, SEC opener. So that's obviously really exciting. And, you know, I always tell the girls in, in the locker room before the game, in the opener, you know, you got a great opportunity. You're going to wake up tomorrow either in first place or last place, you know, um, as everybody's playing one game. So, it, you know, it's exciting. It's certainly hard to play on the road in, in this league. In any sport, playing on the road is really, really challenging. Um, and Mizzou's got a good team. Um, they're in the second year with their new coach who's doing a fabulous job. So, you know, it's it's going to be a tough battle um, for sure and definitely difficult playing on the road. Yeah, and following that, you have Arkansas on the road as well who, you know, in the SEC, they are high competitors. So what are you looking for when going into that game? Yeah, that's um, first time in a while that we've started off first two league games on the road. So definitely a big challenge. Arkansas has won the league three times in a row. Um, so they're the defending champions. And um, that is one of the hardest places to play yes. for sure in the league. The crowd is rowdy and, and certainly can find ways to get into your head and get after your players. Um, so it, it's going to be a tough one. And Arkansas is always difficult because they play a much more direct style than most of the teams we play. So they'll be really physical, really direct. They, you know, play majority of their passes are going forward um, and they're very good on set plays. So for our defense, going to be one of the biggest challenges that they've faced so far this year. Yeah. And I want to touch on your defense as well. Um, you've been holding all of your opponents to minimal scoring. So how have you worked your defense into creating these big games like that? Yeah, it's funny because we, you know, lost the most amount of players on our defense and we did our offense and, and our defense really this new back line has really clicked really quickly um and you know a couple things stand out certainly emmy craven is third year captain leader in that back line is, is very important um, but madeline moore what a great job she's done coming back from injury and she's playing at a higher level quicker than we anticipated based on the timing of her getting cleared from her surgery. So she's been terrific. And then of course the two outside backs, Haley Whitaker, the veteran and, and Hayden Colson, the freshman, they've both been great, but then a ton of credit goes to Maddie Prohaska too in goal. I think she's raised her level of play. I've talked about a lot about what she's done in the off season um, to where she's gotten quicker um, and more fit and um, really improved her left foot. And Maddie is, you know, third year starting as a junior and she's playing like a veteran. So that that's a big part of our, our defense right now too. Yeah, and you have depth too on the team. So do you think that helps with the confidence going out against, you know, these SEC opponents you have and going against like you where you tied Florida State? Yeah, no doubt about it. Our depth is the best maybe it's ever been in this program. And, um, you know, we've got, a lot of talent on the bench. You know, I tell the team we've got, you know, probably 14, 15 SEC starter level players, which is a real bonus for our, our team. Um, makes for some hard decisions as coaches, but um, really good that we can sub and our level doesn't drop. And in, in all three lines, you know, um, the forwards, the mids, and the defenders, we can sub in all three of those lines and the, and the level stays really high. And that that is one of the things that's contributed to our success so far. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, as the components of the team, you have everybody ranging from upperclassmen to graduate students to freshmen. So how's your team dynamic and how do you think that plays a role in um, your ability to go through the season so far? 
well, any any women's team in particular probably goes for men's team as well. The the team chemistry really plays a major factor in your ability to win and lose. Yeah. And our team chemistry with this group is incredible. And I think, you know, a lot of it is that we're we're upperclassmen heavy. You know, our juniors and seniors mm-hmm. are the are the dominant part of our team um, and our starting lineup. And so they bring great leadership, and they've done a great job of bringing those young kids into the team. And it, you know, it's a great group. It's a group that you know they get along great off the field. You know, there's never those issues with oh, don't room her with her. You yeah. know, it's it's a really good group of people, and you know, high character people. And and to me, when you have high character people, that always leads to high team chemistry. Yeah, yeah. And you're coming up on your 23rd season here with Auburn and soccer. So how has your style or technique of leading this team evolved over the years? <laughs> it's definitely evolved and definitely <laughs> changed. Um, the alumni are quick to give me a hard time for different things, but um, you know, it, it's one of those things when, when I get into coaching, you know, way back in, in the, um, you know, late eighties, early nineties, I made a commitment to say, okay, I've got to change with the times. I got to grow with the game. Cause I've, I've seen coaches that haven't done that and, and you have to, the, the people are different. The student athletes are different. This is a different generation. So as a coach, you have to change and adapt to the each generation, but also the game has changed um, and the game has grown and, and you have to grow from a soccer standpoint. Um, So both of those things I've tried to do each year. Um, One of the biggest things that has changed in how we coach is, is using, um, science to dictate how we plan practice and even how we make subs. So we, you know, the girls wear a a heart rate monitor and GPS and we use that data daily to be able to plan practice and figure out what they can and can't do. Um, And that, that has really significantly changed how we, how we coach and how we plan a week because at the end of the day, you want the players at their best on game day. Yeah. You know, so if I have to limit what they do in practice to, you know, be able to help them perform on game day, that's really important. So that's been one of the biggest ways that I've changed as a coach. Yeah, that's really crazy to see how technology is even helping you evolve. And do you see a difference where you guys play here at home, obviously on your home field, you're comfortable and used to it versus going um, just really anywhere traveling? For sure. I mean, we are always a little better at home and yeah. certainly the the Auburn fans in the stands help <laughs> us. We've, we've had great crowds and we have the fraternity guys, you know, playing mm-hmm. the buckets during the games, which are, is great. It really creates a fun yeah. soccer atmosphere yeah. um, and our players really get motivated by mm-hmm. that for sure. So it, there's certainly a, a comfort level at playing at home um, where, you know, I think we play a little bit better. Yeah. Um, you know, we always talk about when you go on the road. Um, you almost have to kind of win ugly, mm-hmm. you know, it's not always the prettiest game ever, um, yeah. you know, to, to be able to find a result. So, um, that's something that, that, you know, is really indicative about how comfortable we are at home. Yeah. And going through the season or if it's passed already, what was one game that you were most looking forward to with this specific group of girls and their opponent? You know, certainly we were looking forward to the Florida State, yeah. game, right. Yeah. To play the defending national champions. That, that's mm-hmm. always a measuring stick of, of what your team, yeah. you know, potential is. And, you know, it's a fun game because you always go in as an underdog. Mm-hmm. We were nationally ranked and we were an underdog. So <laughs> that's, um, you know, that's always fun. And that was that was a great game for us, um, you know, and certainly a game I think our players would want to play again if we had mm-hmm. that opportunity. So 
um, you know, to get a tie in that game. That, some of our ties aren't good ties, but that was a good tie yes. <laughs> um, for sure and, and showed our players a lot about what our potential is. So we're definitely looking forward to that one. And then really every conference game has its own rivalry, but, mm -hmm. you know, of course the Alabama game is a big one. We, <laughs> we lost it last year. We played for okay. the Iron Bowl of soccer. So um, it's the last game of the season, so we're not looking at that one yet. Yeah. But um, I know when we get to that week, our players will really be looking forward to that game. Yeah, and you guys just came back from Birmingham against a tie against Sanford as well. So what can you take away from that game? Yeah, you know, Sanford's got a great team. They're a senior heavy team, um, very veteran team, uh, you know, obviously – they beat us in postseason last year. We beat them in regular season last year. Um, and that that was a really great game. And it felt like an SEC game, to be honest. As, as good as they are, they were super physical. They were slide tackling all over the place. Um, and they, you know, they were certainly dangerous when they got the ball in the attack. Um, we were disappointed in the result. We felt we had more chances. We had a goal mm -hmm. that we scored that was called back and we missed a PK. So we, you know, we really were disappointed in that tie, but also um, it was a good game to help yes. prepare us for going on the road this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a fantastic rest of the season. You guys look great um, on and off the field as well. And thank you so much for talking with us today. All right. Thanks, Casey. I appreciate it. War Eagle. And you can't forget about Auburn football after what I would say is a very unexpected and interesting game. And with me today, I have Donovan Weaver and Sienna Grady to break down what we saw here on the Plains and what it could mean for Auburn. So let's talk quarterbacks. Um, I would say it was a little inconsistent, and this is the second week now we've seen this piggyback system from TJ Finley and Robbie Ashford. So does it work? Uh, to be honest, no, I don't think it does. I think historically when you see in college football where teams play two quarterbacks like prominently throughout the season, it just doesn't work very well. Now, if Robbie Ashford uh, kind of was more like a wildcat quarterback and you put him in just to run like the read option and throw a little bit, I think it might could work but I think you need to establish a starter and let him play throughout the whole game. Also, it's just like a confidence issue, too. If you're constantly taking your quarterback out and putting somebody else in, it just kind of proves that, like, he's not the guy. I feel like the quarterback needs to be a leader on the team and be, like, the established person. And when you just keep on constantly switching them in and out, I just think it leads to just the inconsistencies that we saw on Saturday. I agree. And throughout the entire game, I would be like, is TJ in? Is Robbie in? Be like, oh, Robbie's in. And I think a really bad thing for Robbie was when he threw that first interception and his confidence like went down at the very beginning of the game and made him be more inconsistent. Um, and then obviously TJ didn't find a rhythm at all until the second half. So I don't know. I don't think it really works out well, but we're looking forward to Penn yeah. State. And we saw Robbie, he went one for three, which if you're a quarterback and you are leading the team in rushing yards um, and not doing well in passing, I think there are areas to improve on. But let's look at the defense as well. Their running defense versus their passing defense. What did we see? Well, obviously, Auburn continued their run defense success. Uh, just just like last week, they did really really well to stop the run. The passing defense, though, was a little concerning. They got beat a lot by the San Jose State team on many plays. It's a little concerning knowing that you have to play Penn State this weekend, which is obviously a much tougher uh, opponent. I, I think Penn State's ranked like number 22 now, and they have a pretty good passing attack. So it's a little worrisome. I think that they can clean up some stuff. Uh, they're going to have to clean up some stuff to be able to compete, compete against Penn State because right now that passing defense, it's, it's rough. And kind of going with that passing as well, let's again look back at the quarterbacks. 
We talked about Robbie's inconsistency, him going one for three. But what can the receivers do to kind of boost this ability? Yeah, you know, it, it's always easy to look at the quarterback and say it's their fault. They're not playing well. But the receivers, they, they didn't get really good spacing Saturday, which is really concerning. Again, you would think from a talent perspective, Auburn just recruiting-wise has a lot more talent than a team like San Jose State does. And they couldn't really get off their, their their routes. Just looked a little sloppy. They couldn't break away from the defensive defensive backs. It is a little concerning. Again, you're playing a much better team in Penn State. So while it's easy to look at the quarterbacks and be like it's all their fault, I feel like the receivers have to do a whole lot better in getting open, making those passes just a little easier, cleaning up some drops. There was a couple of drops, just like blatantly bad drops. It, they can clean that stuff up. I think they'll be fine, but it, again, it's, it's one of those things where it's not a super easy fix, and I don't know if they'll be able to fix that in a week, so we'll see. I agree, and after the game with Coach Harson's press conference talking about, like, um, the improvements that they need to make this week, I mean, he flat out admitted that their receivers, like, needed to make a lot of improvements um, going into Penn State, so. And looking at scores who were pretty dominant this week as well, um, Jarquez Hunter and Tank Bixby both had a rushing touchdown. So they were pretty dominant during this game. How do you think their impact is going to help on Saturday? I think they're the. I think they're one of the best one-two punches in all of college football when it comes to just having in the running game. I think the problem though is Auburn's offensive line has been very inconsistent, not only just over these past two games, but all of last season. We're returning three stars, which is usually a good sign, but there is a lot of cause for concern. It kind of looks like we weren't getting a great push up front. So when you can't get a good push up front, it, it requires your running backs to do a whole lot more to get more yardage. But I feel like for us, for Auburn to have a chance to beat Penn State, they're going to have to go. They're, they're going to have to have a great game. The offensive line is going to have to block a lot better. I'm not worried about um, taking Jarquez, though, because they're studs. And Penn State is coming in this week ranked after beating Ohio a lot too little. So what improvements do you think Auburn's defensive side is going to have to make to stop this like high-scoring offense? Again, I think it goes back to the secondary. They're just going to have to play a lot cleaner game, stay on the receivers better. I'm not worried about the Auburn's front seven quite as much. Again, I, they've been really dominant in the run game these past two games. And I think they'll continue that Saturday. It'll, it'll kind of depend on if Penn State can kind of zone in on Auburn's weaknesses in the secondary. So, again, it's 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 going to be about if the Auburn safeties and cornerbacks can make a huge adjustment in a week, which, again, is tough, whether Penn State will have success or not. But it's kind of that that's what Auburn will have to do when the game. They'll have to obviously play a lot better in the secondary. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with confidence. I know that Jordan-Hare is a really hard stadium to play in and that the environment is really good and – we're uh, like really cheering on our team. I think it'll they'll be a lot more motivated to make those improvements and play better fundamentally um, when competing against this good offense. And we saw that this week uh, with that one yard line play against San Jose State. With I think the crowd was really a big factor in that. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys so much for being on. It was so great to hear your take, and we will see you guys next week after Penn State.